This is the Joe and Amber podcast. This is Joe and Amber. But yesterday, I was on a different little show here on ESPN Radio called Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And Joe, if you heard on the intro coming in there, those were some mashed together clips of me and Max Kellerman because Max realized yesterday the key to winning arguments with me is just not leave me enough time to respond. And he did it over and over and over again, and it worked beautifully for him. He would set himself up, and then I just wouldn't have any time to respond, and bada bing, bada boom, Max looked excellent. So you walked in the Kellerman's house and you let him push you around. Is that what happened? You get called up to the show. You're representing (laughs) our nice little two-hour program down here. And Kellerman just pushed you around for four hours. Is that what happened? You heard me get the plug in there, though. I did force the plug a couple times. I don't know if I want the plug. I don't know if I want to be plugged if we're getting shoved around on the morning show there. You got to boss him around. You got to walk into that show and you got to say, I might never get another shot at this. I'm taking him down. You need to flip the script on him early. It was my first time working with Max. I wanted to ingratiate myself to him. You know, take it a little easy. Butter him up a little bit. I can't okay, rip I can him understand. down the first time I ever get to work with Max Kellerman. He's very fancy here at ESPN. This just in, the morning show. A lot of power there. I, I, I can't go ahead and burn that bridge before the bridge is even formed. I can understand. There's a lot of stardom there. You can get awestruck given the situation. It's very early in the morning. You used to do morning radio, but you're probably a little bit out of practice, whereas he's been doing it every day for quite some time. So you find yourself pretty much in an 0-2 hole in the batter's box early, and now you're trying to fight off pitches for four hours. I caught some of it that was not that stuff. And I was very impressed. I thought you did an excellent job. The show sounded very good. Other than what James found to play, you should feel very proud about how that all went down. (laughs) And James, credit to you for finding the stuff that I actually wanted to talk about. Right. Well, that is the fun stuff uh, from yesterday. Uh, Yeah, I had a lot of fun yesterday. It was great. It has been a long time since I have done those morning show hours. It's awesome because I like the fact that you're done with work at like 10 in the morning, you know, which used to be my entire life for so many years when I hosted the morning show down on local in Miami for so many years. But I forgot how early you get tired in the day. By 4 or 5 p.m., I was like looking at the clock. Is it dinner time yet? Can I go yeah. to bed yet? You know, my kid's bouncing off the walls. I'm trying to tell him to settle down. It's 5 p.m. I did morning radio in San Francisco for six years. And you would think the sleep part is the biggest problem. For me, it was not. You come off the show and the first thing is, all right, job well done. Let's have a drink. And you're like, right. oh, it's 10.05 a.m. That can't 100%. be a normal occurrence moving forward. Maybe every now and again you can have some fun. But that was a big problem, especially during COVID, because we all kind of just let ourselves do whatever we want during that stretch. But yes, the nap becomes your best friend, no doubt. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. So I am back in my regular seat here on Joe and Amber. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. And I haven't gotten a chance to talk to you since the trade went down from Bradley Beal going to the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul, amongst others, being sent for now to the Washington Wizards. Now, we assume Chris Paul is not going to remain with the Washington Wizards. They're trying to figure out what to do. They 
They can trade him. They can go ahead and work out a buyout with him, allow him to become a free agent. It feels like CP3 is headed somewhere else. But he was reportedly a bit blindsided by this news. He was quote-unquote surprised. He told Good Morning America that he found out this information while on an airplane headed to New York to film Good Morning America. Here is the 12-time NBA All-Star earlier today on Fitz and Harry. It's crazy because I'm I'm very vocal and communicative uh, communicative to uh, the team, and I talk to them. I talk to Matt. I talk to James. You know what I mean? James, we was president and vice president with the union for a long time. So, of course, in this business, you got to do what you got to do. Um, probably, if anything, maybe just at least, I mean, they knew I was flying to New York. Maybe give me a second, let me land and talk to me or call me. You know what I mean? So. Yep. It's just crazy. The business is what it is. So again, that was Chris Paul on Fitz and Harry today. He was referencing there, of course, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia, and James Jones, the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, who has very personal relationships with both of those guys. He was surprised. Are you surprised to hear that CP3 found out this information in that way? No, I'm not. I mean, he's been around for 18 seasons, and he's played on five different teams. Now this is his sixth whether he plays for them or not. I, I, someone of his stature and his credentials, I can understand you, you probably feel you deserve a little bit more, but this type of thing happens all the time in sports. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to be close to getting the deal done, and they're going to say, wait, wait, wait. Is Chris Paul on a plane right now? We need right. to wait for it to land, and then, then we can get him the information. It's a business. He knows that as well as anybody. He's made plenty of business decisions throughout his career. The team needed to make a business decision, and quite frankly, there were rumors that they were moving on from him last week. They were talking about how he was not going to be back with the team. So maybe he thought that was going to be an outright release sort of situation, and instead he gets traded, so now he might have to jump through a couple loopholes to get to where he wants to go. But ultimately, no. I... You know, if you're him, I can understand the gripe, but you'll probably get over it pretty quickly. It's a business. He knows that as well as anybody. The rumors were out there that that he was going to get dealt or they were going to work out a buyout and cut their relationship with him. So there was that rumor. There was also rumors out there, by the way, that the Suns were going after Bradley Beal. There were very much those rumors out there before this deal went down. Now, I know in Miami, we thought that that might be the Wizards leaking that information just to put more pressure on the Heat. I didn't really believe that information because I didn't really understand why Phoenix would go up and pony up the $207 million for more offense when offense clearly wasn't the problem there from the Phoenix Suns. Regardless, though, of that fit, they clearly were actually interested. Those rumors were out there. If I had heard those rumors then CP3 had heard those rumors, right? I mean, I can't imagine he was completely blindsided. Like, I, I believe him that he actually got the direct information about the trade and the specifics and it involving him probably while he was on an airplane. And like you said, they're not going to say, hey, Washington, hold on a minute. We have to make sure Chris Paul isn't in the air going to a, an event that has nothing to do with us whatsoever because he's flying to New York to be on Good Morning America. Let's make sure he's not in the air. Uh, it just, just hold off. But oh, by the way, stop taking phone calls from Pat Riley in right. the meantime while we're telling you to hold on until the plane lands. I mean, that would be ridiculous for anybody to have to consider in that situation. But again, I have a hard time believing that Chris Paul was completely blindsided by this. Like maybe the specifics weren't there on the table. He had to have kind of known this might be coming. And there's also the thought process that after 18 years in the NBA, 
there's only so much left for a guy who he might not say it, but he would really like to win a ring. He would really like to put that on his legacy. He had a good shot with Phoenix. It didn't work out. And now you see how it breaks down. Bradley Beal's going to step in younger, better, more productive at this point in his career. You're with Washington, which means you're not with a winner. They're obviously just going to dump you and move on. And then you're going to go out and you're going to figure something out. So all of it has to sting a little bit because when he went from, I think it was Oklahoma city to Phoenix, it looked like there was a real opportunity there, especially when Durant came on board, that this may finally be the, the chance for Chris Paul to get his ring. And it didn't end up working out. And there just has to be a little bit of that that stings as well. And we've all wanted Chris Paul to get his ring this whole time. He's a future hall of famer either way, regardless if he ever gets a ring, it would be a nice, it would, it would put a nice bow on the end of his story, right? If he's able to finally get a championship ring. I imagine whatever the next stop is for Chris Paul, that is top of the mind for him. I know Woj was reporting that he very much wants to go to a contender. So you would imagine that if there is a buyout, he finds himself as a free agent. He would only be considering contenders. Here's Chris Paul, the 12-time NBA All-Star on Fitz and Harry being asked what's next. I think I think I think at all times you just want to be somewhere uh, where you can compete for a championship and, and definitely be with a team uh, where you appreciate it. So where should Chris Paul go next? Give us a call. We want you to join the conversation. Where does he have the best opportunity to win a championship, a team that Chris Paul would fit into and actually be able to contribute to at 38 years old? Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Chris Paul was surprised how he found out the information that he had been traded from the Phoenix Suns to the Washington Wizards. But we know that it's not CP3's intention to play for the Washington Wizards. We know it's not the Wizards' intention 
to have Chris Paul on that roster when next season rolls around. So where is he going to end up and where does he have the best chance of winning a championship? If they're waving him and it's up to him, where should CP3 go? Triple eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. We love and appreciate when you join the conversation. Sam in Minnesota is doing just that. Hey, Sam, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, I'm in a little bad service. Sorry. Just wondering if there's any chance that Chris Paul would go to the Timberwolves to run the offense. I'll hang up and listen. The Timberwolves is not one of the teams on my list, Joe, of places that I could see CP3 ending up. But that's an interesting interesting concept to have him come there and run the off uh, and run the offense. I mean, what are your thoughts there? Because they are not on my on my list at all. There are 11 teams listed in terms of odds for CP3's next destination. This is an offshore sports book. Um, So, you know, take that for what it's worth. The Minnesota Timberwolves are not one of those 11 teams. And I think if you're Chris Paul, you're not interested in going there. They seem very dysfunctional. Maybe not overly dysfunctional, but every time you hear about Minnesota, it's never really something good. They gave up way too much for Rudy Gobert, and it's not working. Carl Anthony Towns is of the impression he is something he is not. He still thinks he's the star there. He's not. That's Anthony Edwards' team. But I don't think Carl Anthony Towns has gotten that message yet. The team can't figure out to get it over the hump. I don't think he's going to want to spend his remaining years, by the way, in Minnesota as well. It's not to knock the great people of Minnesota. I just think if it's the end of the line and there are some of these other options that are out there, there are some better spots that make more sense. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers right now. It seems like they would be able to make the money work. I mean, we don't know what also that's going to look like if there's the buyout there from Washington, but I don't think it's a financial situation there in Minnesota. I think it's a desire. I'm not really sure why CP3, frankly, again, a player who very much seems to want to go to a true contender here at the end of his career and try to really contribute to finally get that elusive ring. I'm not sure Minnesota would be the move from his perspective more than, frankly, even the Timberwolves. Andrew is in Arizona. Hey, Andrew, go ahead. Uh, okay, guys, I got two quick takes for you. Number one, where I think he should go, I don't see why he doesn't go to like a Milwaukee or a Miami, be a true facilitator. Maybe we'll let the high pick and roll work, kind of like we saw in Denver. Uh, another option, my uh, second take here is, why not go be a vet in the locker room back in New Orleans? You said he's going to be a Hall of Famer with that being the case. Why not go show Zion some off-court, maybe present some poise, get them ready to... People are always going to link the vets to the young guys that need the counseling, right? Joe, I mean, we're hearing that with some of these moves with John Morant, you know, maybe a Draymond Green should go to Memphis to get John Morant in line. And so I can understand the philosophy there with Zion. First of all, I don't even know if Zion is going to be in New Orleans, frankly, as we head towards an NBA draft where there's a lot of rumors there about New Orleans wanting that second pick to go after Scoot Henderson. But nevertheless, even if he is, I don't see Chris Paul joining a team again that I don't consider him joining it, winning them a championship. And I don't think right now you can feel very good about the Pels winning a championship, considering also the lack of availability from Zion, even if he remains on that team. I don't think that's the sort of thing that Chris Paul is chasing at this point in his career to be a mentor. He's chasing rings. Now, you could probably chase a ring maybe with the Miami Heat. I have heard that name floated a lot. That one's not a crazy one. I don't know. I like Chris Paul a lot. As a Heat fan, I can't say that I'm that thrilled about it. We're talking about guys like Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard. You're going to give me like a 39-year-old Chris Paul. I mean, it's whatever. It's fine.
<laughs> I would say that it's not going to be to mentor anybody young. That's not what this is going to be. I think I see two situations. The one that's less likely is if James Harden leaves Philadelphia, I could see maybe the Sixers want to take a look at Chris Paul to come in and hold down the point guard position. You've already got some other scoring options. You wouldn't need to lean heavily on him for that. You'd want a facilitator. You'd want a court martial. And it's not like the Philadelphia 76ers want to play ultra fast. Paul's known for slowing down the tempo. So if you're looking to play an up-tempo game like Sacramento, he's not your guy. The team that makes the most sense, and the Joe Fornball official prediction here, is one of his former teams. It's the Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. He would love to go back to L.A. He would have a chance to compete for a title with the Clippers. Kawhi wants him. Paul George wants him. Those guys are friends. He would fit. They're all kind of this ragtag group of misfits that's trying to put one or two or three things about their reputation behind them. Always hurt, can't get it done in the playoffs, too much load management, don't care enough about the game. Whether you believe in any of those things or not, some of those things tend to float around depending on which of those three players you're talking about. He could go there. He could be a nice little boost for them. You're not going to lean on him for 40 minutes a night. He's 38 years old. He's coming off a career low 13.9 points per game. He shot only 44% from the field. Think about that. 44% with guys focusing on Devin Booker and to a smaller extent, Kevin Durant. That's the second worst shooting performance since 2007, 2008 for Chris Paul. He only could play 59 games and you can't count on him in the playoffs because he tends to always get hurt. So the Clippers make a lot of sense in my opinion. The Clippers actually don't make that much sense from that perspective. Everything that you just set up. Let's bring in another guy who's not durable on the back end of his career when all the Clippers have is durability problems amongst their other two future Hall of Famers. And now you're going to bring in a third future Hall of Famer that can't stay on the floor. What does make sense about this is the affection between Chris Paul and that organization. There is this idea in the NBA, if it worked five years ago, you know, if it worked seven years ago, it's going to work now. Chris Paul was there in his prime. Chris Paul was great when he was there with the Clippers, even though they didn't get much out of his time there. I think from that perspective, I could see this happening. And then also because Chris Paul's family lives in Los Angeles still. And so, you know, his ties to that community, I could very much see him wanting to go back to Los Angeles. There is another team in Los Angeles, though, as well. Rod is in Texas. Hey, Rod, thanks for the call. Where should Chris Paul go? Yeah, you know, it's not really where is what. I think he is a um, velour sweatsuit in a jogger pant world. This guy needs to come off the bench, and he could do so with the Lakers, but he's not going to win a championship as a starting point guard, period. <laughs> Definitive. I like that. <laughs> So you get the Los Angeles Lakers, though, thrown into the conversation. They're the other team that I could very much see Chris Paul going to. Chris Paul and LeBron have, of course, a very close relationship. Nobody loves to play with his friends on the back end of their careers more than LeBron James. But also they could actually use him. They could actually use him to run the offense there with D'Angelo Russell on his way out, we assume, from Los Angeles. I think a lot of people are going to connect those dots. I don't see it happening. LeBron James needs guys who can get him over the top. He's friends with Chris Paul, but Chris Paul is not going to be that guy. You are not going to be able to bank on him to play a lot of games, to give you quality minutes, and to be there in the postseason. That's what he needs, guys who can contribute in the postseason. I do like that caller's idea of him coming off the bench. I'm not sure Chris Paul likes that caller's idea of him coming off the bench. The phone lines are blowing up. Where is Chris Paul headed next? Triple eight, say ESPN if you want to get in on the conversation. 888-729-3776. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we're rolling along with your phone calls. Joe and Amber, the podcast.
the best fit for Chris Paul. He is officially a Washington Wizard. Well, I don't know. Is that, a, is that deal even officially done? I'm not sure. I the don't deal believe it actually is. They're just about done. Is official. But we, whatever. He's a, he's, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, he's a Washington Wizard for right now. But we know he's not going to remain a Washington Wizard. So where should CP3 end up? We are inviting your co- phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's how you get in touch with us. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Tom, Tom is in Dallas. Hey, Tom, thanks for the call. Where should CP3 go? Hey, yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I think a great fit for him would be in Memphis. They've got 25 games at the point guard spot that they need to fill with somebody that knows what they're doing, Um, and he can fill that role for 25 games and be a starter not coming off the bench, and he can provide that mentorship to a really young team that's trying to take the next step they're already kind of a contender, so they're close. Um, and it gives them a chance to really be a contributing person to that team, a contributing member of that team um, as a starter, and then eventually probably coming off the bench once, once John Morant um, comes back. That's an interesting idea there, Joe, because you would get, obviously, the opportunity to start for 30% of the season while John Morant's serving that suspension. I don't know if CP3 wants to find himself, though, in this mentor role that everyone's trying to put him in, because I feel like CP3 at this point wants to win a ring. And is CP3 on Memphis starting for 25 games, winning them a championship? I mean, I get that they are a good team. And like that caller said, they're not so far off. But I don't think he's the difference maker there. And it's hard for me to believe in a season where John Morant is going to be suspended for such a significant portion of the season that they're going to be a true contender at that time. I think at this point in his career, given the fact that he's 38, given the fact that he's been all over the league, I mean, he played New Orleans, but... It was when there were Horn- what were they before they were the Hornets? What's this NOK? That's the thing. I'm looking at this. I completely forget about this. New Orleans, Oklahoma City Hornets. I mean, he's played on teams that don't really exist anymore. He's played for the Clippers. He's played for Houston. Okay, see, he's been all over the place. When you're 38, I don't think it's about anything other than comfort and chasing a ring. If you don't have a ring, if you already have a ring, then it's probably about comfort. Or if you've mismanaged the cash you probably want to make some money. I think he's probably good financially. You see him in all the State Farm commercials. It's gone quite well for him throughout his career. He's had a lot of mega deals. He doesn't have the ring. He's got the family in Los Angeles. He's got the the situation with the Clippers previously. Kawhi and Paul George won him there. He'd like to be back there. I think that's the type of thing that makes the most sense. You can still contribute. You can compete. You can be happy. And you can make a few bucks. Ending up on any of these teams, like the idea of going to Charlotte if they draft Scoot Henderson. Yeah, you could mentor Scoot Henderson, who has the potential to be a big-time point guard. Why? What's the point of that? Why go to San Antonio and play with Wembenyana and waste your time down there as they try to rebuild? I think it's going to a contender, but most importantly, somewhere where you're happy, somewhere where you're comfortable. Lawrence. Lawrence is in Delaware. Hey, Lawrence. Thanks for the call. Where should CP3 head? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. There's a team out there that's been very close, and I think that if he wants to win a ring, he needs to go somewhere that just needs a floor general. Uh, I think the Boston Celtics have been missing someone who just simply makes good decisions. I feel like they play, they rush their shots. They don't always make the best passes, and I think that if he goes to Boston, um, they can be a serious threat. I don't hate that one at all, Joe, because like that caller said, you're talking about a team that was just in an NBA Finals last season, Eastern Conference Finals again this season. Like they are right there where you could see 
they, if they just had the better decision, because they have the talent, they have the talent, frankly, with the core three, if they just had sort of the better decision-making, maybe also that alleviates some of that pressure on some of those coaching decisions, maybe CP3. I'm putting him in the mentor role, but I'm putting him in a mentor role now where he could actually contribute as a floor general and really help run that offense. So it's not just I'm bringing him in to mentor some young star, right? Like that's not the situation with the Celtics. I don't think Jason Tatum needs to be mentored. It's more like that overall team on terms of the mentorship and really winning, right? And really making some of those decisions. And also, maybe they could all win a ring together because they're right there. Well, I mean, who's mentoring who? What's he going to do? He's going to go there and tell guys who have been to the conference finals, guys who have been to the NBA finals, hey, let me get you over the top. Like, he's the poster child for the guy who could never get over the top, who couldn't get anywhere. Not necessarily all his fault. I want to make that very clear. When you're losing to a dynasty like the Golden State Warriors and you're pushing them seven games in that series, it's hard to blame you and say you just weren't good enough. Like, that was an all-time team that took you out right there. But with Boston, I think money's going to be a problem. I don't have the data in front of me, but they're about to give Jalen Brown a ridiculous extension that's going to be upwards of what, like $290 million. You've got Jason Tatum you're paying. you got a bunch of other guys on that roster you probably want to keep in the fold if they're already under contract. So I don't know if the finances would work in Boston. That could be tricky. Well, the finances in Boston are going to be a big problem moving forward. I mean, I think it would get you maybe out from under – that Brogdon deal, you'd have to do something in order to move money around. But again, we're talking about a buyout here, we assume, with the Wizards, at least in this scenario, we would imagine the Wizards are buying him out. He'll be a free agent. I don't know what kind of money Chris Paul is going to be, frankly, commanding on an open market at this point in his career. Triple H, say ESPN. Rod is in Raleigh. Hey, Rod, thanks for the call. Where should CP3 head? Amber, first, let me say this. I heard the show yesterday with you and Max. They should change the show to KJNA. You held the show down <laughs> for that man yesterday. I appreciate you. <laughs> nice. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> hey, listen, um, none of the teams that are actually contending would need Chris Paul as a starter. Um, so, and, he, and I heard him earlier this, today talking about the stability for his children staying on the West Coast. And none of the teams that are contending on the East Coast, Boston, as the last caller just said, or Miami, need him as a starter. So, I mean, I don't know. The L.A. Lakers make sense, but L.A., they're not winning a championship before Chris Paul retires. Well, you're living under the delusion that you're winning another championship. If you have LeBron James on your team at any given point, doesn't matter if LeBron James is 38 years old. That's the reality. And, of course, Anthony Davis part of that conversation. I mean, the Lakers feel like they're still in a position to win a title. I don't think the addition of Chris Paul gets them over the Denver Nuggets hump or even, frankly, the Phoenix Suns hump probably at this point in the West. The West continues to become stronger there, Joe. But I do think that if you're a Lakers fan, you feel like you're in position because anytime you have the greatest player of your generation in your team, you're going to feel like you're in position. You're in the conference finals last year, and the team you lost to went on to win the entire shebang in five games. So it's not like you got ousted by some team that got ousted by a team that got ousted by the eventual champs. Like you lost to the champs. Now, granted, you got swept. There's so it shows this how year far you got away swept. you are. <laughs> but you were there. If you're going to go down, you went down to the only team that didn't lose in the postseason, and that's the Denver Nuggets. There's something to take away from with that. Glass half full approach. The gymnastics they're going to have to pull to try to improve some of that roster. There are tweaks to be made, but they closed very strong late in the year. The problem for the Lakers is the problem that's the same thing Chris Paul suffered. It's injuries. 
LA will get derailed if Anthony Davis gets hurt, if LeBron James get, gets hurt. And late in their career, that's something that they've been dealing with quite a bit. You bring Chris Paul into the mix, another injury risk probably isn't necessarily what you want to add to the table. Like I said, again, I think it's the Clippers, and I do think it's going to happen via a trade. I think Washington is going to find a way to extract something out of it. It won't be much, but I think they will get something in return for Chris Paul, who ends up with the Clippers. Just my official prediction. Triple H ESPN. Harry is in OKC. Hey, Harry, thanks for the call. Where is he going? I think that, uh, you know, I think he would be a real good fit back here in Oklahoma City. This is where he started his career, came here in the middle of his career. Now he's in it. Could end his career here. Either that or, guys, what about San Antonio and the Spurs? There's a couple See, of ideas for you guys. Thanks. Here's the Love problem. The thanks. Uh, here's the problem. Like, it, yeah, who wouldn't want to play with Wemby? He sounds so exciting. I mean, we've seen the Wembys of the world come into the league before, even when it was LeBron James, right? But certainly with a Zion Williamson type in more recent memory, he may end up going on to be a phenomenal player. But we're seeing that the first few years, there are some growing pains. Even LeBron, who ends up actually living up to LeBron James hype, which is remarkable when you consider how he came into the league, it wasn't right off the bat. Chris Paul wants to be on a contender now, Joe, not a contender in four years. Yeah, that 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 Spurs team is nowhere close. You've got Popovich. You're going to bring in Wembenyana. You're going to find a way to build this thing up, and you're going to be a contender. But what 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 good is Chris Paul? Again, like, what is he going to do for the Spurs? He's going to come in and provide this, like, leadership. What leadership? Like, and you have yeah, Pop. The, the guy's a leader, and the guy has been around. But, again, it's not like he's going to take someone under his wing and tell him, here's how you're going to win a championship. Here's how right. you make a deep run in the playoffs. That's what he needs. He needs someone to get him over that hump. If you're mentoring a young point guard like Scoot Henderson in Charlotte – Okay, but ultimately, it's going to end up being a contender. I, I, I just don't see why at 38 years old, he would want to go somewhere and just go through the rigmarole of the grind that is an 82-game season with the chance of maybe getting into the play-in. Caden. Caden is in Charlotte. Hey, Caden, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with the last caller. I think that uh, Boston is, is a great fit. So you look at Boston, the last two playoffs they had, um, the big problem we saw with turnovers, you saw the first year, you know, Marcus Smart had an issue turning the ball over. They picked up Brogdon, who really didn't show up that much in the uh, in the final series. Um, I think their biggest problem is they need someone to orchestrate the offense. And if you have someone like Jalen Brown coming back, you look at how talented he is with Jason Tatum, you felt like uh, we didn't get the best out of those two. And I feel like someone like Chris Ball can bring that out. I mean, only negative is that it's it's on the East Coast. It's away from his family. But I think that's the best fit that puts him on a team that he can uh, be useful and also uh, a team that's, uh, you know, right there at the top for a championship. I mean, I don't dislike it as much as you do, Joe. I mean, it does give me pause. I mean, one of the reasons I think Chris Paul is headed to either Los Angeles team is because of the West Coast thing and because his family's in Los Angeles. Boston feels like a very long way from Los Angeles. But if you're Chris Paul and you're considering your options, and who knows what his options are there, frankly, in L.A., like if neither of those L.A. teams are really stepping up to the plate and Boston's really, really interested in you, there's worse places you could go. And again, I, I know the money looks really ugly down the road. The money for what we think that they're going to have to pony up here for Jalen Brown and the money that comes on the books for Jason Tatum, we are talking about a, f a couple years from now, right? When those deals get structured, the Chris Paul thing is like a this season thing coming up. And so if you're the Celtics, maybe you're thinking we can work something out for a year with him and try to hit on him running our offense for a year and then get out from under that Brogdon deal. 
Yeah, I mean, Tatum's $32.6 million this upcoming year. Brown's $31.8 million with a monster extension coming. Brogdon's $22.5. Marcus Smart is $18.5. Derek White's $18.3. Robert Williams is $11.5. Al Horford's 10, but we're starting to get to the point where we're talking about veteran extensions, bird rights, all that stuff. They've got a lot of money tied up in their core. How much do they want to mess with that, considering how much success they've had the last three years? I think you'd have to move Brogdon in that scenario. I don't know how difficult that would be as well. But CP3 to Boston, I don't completely hate it. I still think Los Angeles is a more likely destination. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, CP3 won't get to be part of a super team in Phoenix, but could two high-profile NFL free agents team up to form one in the NFL? We'll get into that story. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Pivot to the NFL for a moment here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Delvin Cook is a free agent after he was released from the Minnesota Vikings. And he has interest, apparently, in teaming up with DeAndre Hopkins on his next team. Another huge name on the market right now. Here is Delvin Cook, the free agent running back from the Adam Schefter podcast. Everybody knows who D-Hop is. You know what you're getting out of D-Hop, and you know what he's going to bring to your roster. It's the same for me. Like You know what the film speaks for itself. Like I don't really got to do too much talking about who Delvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins is. But we haven't talked. And he was one of those guys that I was going to reach out to because, like, I know he got the same mindset as me. Like, we trying to go win. We trying to get on the roster and trying to go contend. So if we can't get up on the same roster and be on the same team, you know, that'll be the beauty of the situation. You know, you, we know what we trying to come do and what we bring to the team. So if we end up on the same roster, man, that'll be something epic for NFL. I, I, I guess it would be something epic. It seems like somewhat of an impossibility because you have to find now a team willing to take on both of these guys, right? Guys who in their own rights have been a star at their respective positions, but guys who find themselves in a situation where the relationship goes south with D-Hop and the Arizona Cardinals. So he finds himself on an open market. Dalvin Cook finds himself released by the Minnesota Vikings. And now you have to find a team willing to pay both of them. So, I mean, maybe the context is he's being asked about D-Hop and he kind of works his way into the conversation and it's not really a... I, I, I've never heard of anything like this. I, we hear about it in basketball, forming big threes. I understand certain guys want to play on a line together in hockey. Um, maybe pitchers want to be reunited. I don't know. I've never heard of running backs and wide receivers being like, we got to team up. It, it, right. This is new to me. So I'm trying to figure out well, how seriously I'm supposed to take this. I will say we live in a, in a in an odd world where a guy who ran for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, healthy, played all 17 games, 27 years of age, is just outright released by his team. Like, the running back position is just crazy. Well, and that's what it is. It's the running back position. I mean, that is the only thing happening there with Delvin Cook. And also, he found himself on a team that is going through a rebuild, needed a different direction there with the Minnesota. By the way, a team that's like rebuilding, even though they had a remarkable season last season, they're breaking down some of those pieces and tweaking it, which is really weird when you think of the the regular season that they actually had last season but it's they're not well aware in the of how res- fraudulent they were last year even and, you, you yes. they, even they 
are, are, are not oblivious to the fact that that was as fake a 13-win season as we've ever seen in our lives. So it's not, it's not a rebuild. I shouldn't call it that. It's a retooling here where they are retooling some things or tweaking some things for a team that you would not expect to with the record they had coming off of last regular season. He's a, a consequence of his position, right? I mean, that's the only reason that the Minnesota Vikings are making that move, and that's where we're at with the running back market, but also where we're going to end up with the running back market anywhere that Delvin Cook ends up going. For D-Hop, it's a slightly different story because he does play at a different position, but we never see anything like this in the NFL because these rosters are so large. You just don't think of guys teaming up when you're talking about 53 as opposed to, you know, three of five doing it in a starting lineup on a basketball roster. It's just not something we're accustomed to seeing in the NFL. It's also a problem with the salary cap that you have to jump around and figure out the loopholes and how you're going to get guys paid. And then on top of it for Cook, Hopkins is going to get paid. Cook is not. And I have a feeling that he's going to do what anyone in his situation would do. Look at me. Last four years, I've rushed for 1,100 yards minimum four straight years. I'm durable during that stretch. What, 29 plus 14? I've got 43 rushing touchdowns. I can contribute in the passing game, 221 career receptions over six seasons. The guy's done a lot. And at 27, soon to be 28, in his mind, he probably thinks there's a pretty good payday out there. And the problem is that there most likely isn't going to be a payday to his liking. So what DeAndre Hopkins ends up getting from teams, and let's remember here, we are in the middle of June. Most teams have their roster set. They understand what kind of cap money they have, what kind of cap money they don't have. There's not a lot of room for gymnastics now. It's why a lot of these trades always happen before the draft, so you can figure out what you have, what you need, and how to approach it that Thursday night through Saturday night when you're dealing with those seven rounds. So for Cook, I just I don't think it's going to work out all that great for him. If they were to be paired up, fantastic, but... It's, it feels like a long shot. Well, that's why he, him saying it. Like, if D-Hop was saying this, I would think, how, how would this ever even happen? Because D-Hop is going to end up commanding so much more, you would imagine, just respective of his position. If it's Delvin Cook saying this, is there a scenario where Delvin Cook is okay with the fact that he's not going to find himself financially probably where he wants to find himself because he's teaming up with... DeAndre Hopkins in this scenario. I don't know. I mean, it could theoretically work on a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I have a hard time imagining that Jerry's going to do this, but that's a team, frankly, that could utilize both of those guys. The and also Tony a team, pa- by the way, who's been linked to both of those guys. Yeah, if you're, if you're Dallas, I mean, you've got Tony Pollard. You're finally moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. I could understand making the move at the wide receiver position, yes. bolster up those weapons, but I don't need, know if you need Cook considering what you've got in Tony Pollard and the fact that you're finally set to unleash that guy. Well, you're set to unleash him, but also if you could get Cook on the cheap, it provides you more help in the backfield, more depth at that position. I mean, I agree with you. Again, I don't see Jerry actually doing this, but there's not many teams in the NFL. I feel like we could actually have this conversation. Cook continuously gets linked to the Miami Dolphins as his hometown team. They don't need the help from D-Hop at the wide receiver position. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.